Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Onside Punt. This week, the star quarterback goes down in the AFC North. Teams are announcing their run to the playoffs, while others are, the chances are getting slimmer and slimmer. My name is Cad, and I'm joined by Homie. Mate, first off, how are you? Very well. Good set of games on the weekend. Um, a little bit, little bit happened, a little bit, we'll probably dive into later, but it's like, uh, they're not letting us settle, Cad. They're not letting us settle. Not at all. And, you know, I think this will be a recurring theme throughout the week. We said early, well, you know, a lot yeah. of these games seem one-sided, but, you know, the NFL can surprise you and we got those surprises. But it did seem like we saw a little bit of a turning point with this week. You know, some teams still fighting for the playoffs and they still have that potential, but a lot of teams kind of making maybe that realisation that they're not going to make it. Um, I'm worried I'm going to have to get out the old mathematical tag for a few teams, Cad. Um, they have really hampered their hopes of making it to mm. the playoffs. But it's we know this game could turn quickly, so let's not write them off, but we'll have to see what they did. Yeah, it's certainly all still possible, but chances are looking low for a couple. We'll dig into that. But firstly, bit of news, homie. Uh, it came out over the weekend that reporter Carissa Thompson for Fox News, so she runs the sideline reporting, comes down from the commentators, generally gets a quote from the coaches, any of the players to see how they're doing kind of throughout the game. Now, it's come out that she's been making up quotes during the halftime report. I mean, generally things she's made up like, well, uh, you know, the coach, you know, uh, Harbaugh said, we need to push better on third down, we need to get our defense out there a bit harder. Making it up, uh, the NFL fans, the NFL public, in uproar about this kind of lack of journalistic integrity. You know, what are your thoughts on this, mate? Well, I was, I was down at the coffee shop actually this morning um, and Coach Andy Reid was there. And mm. we, obviously, I'd saw the article and I had a chance to catch up with him quickly about it. And I just said, oh, like, what's your thoughts? Is it against the integrity of the game? Or he said, oh, it's, you know, it's fine. It's hard to get a hold of us sometimes. You know, locker rooms can be challenging, but it's just a little bit disappointed. You don't want to be misquoted or anything like that. So it was a yeah. little bit, yeah. Obviously, I didn't get a lot of time with him. Obviously, he's got today's game, so yeah, it's true. Off, but yeah, yeah you but, know, uh, it's a big flight from from Melbourne to Kansas City for this game. So, yeah, but no, it's good to catch good. him though. Yeah, coffee's good though. Yeah, and for sure. Latte. Yeah, it was great. Now, you know, it's funny you say that, homie, because um, I actually got in touch with someone from the NFL as well. Um, I managed to run into Roger Goodell at my tea time on uh, on Sunday. Had a bit of a chat about this as the commissioner of the NFL. You know, he said this to me directly. It's incredibly disappointing, you know, that we have people out there getting misinformation from our league. Um, but, you know, he's glad that there's still media outlets, you know, like Onside Punt that wouldn't take advantage of this, wouldn't make up quotes or anything like that. And uh, he's incredibly proud of, uh, you know, these kind of presenters like us. So... Great to hear from Roger there. Yeah, really good. And it's always nice. I'm glad you got to tee off with him. It was good. You obviously haven't caught up with him in a little while. No, it has been a bit, but he did kick my yeah. ass. So I will tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the he's got the time and the money, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. On this segment, I got, yeah, and I shot a hole in one. Uh, so, you know, you can't make that up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, okay, let's get into yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> Kicking off. The week on our Friday, their Thursday game was Cincinnati versus Baltimore. We had highlighted this game as a cracker, but there went out of the tires here, Cat, about 
maybe bit into the second quarter, probably even the first quarter, Mark, big tight end Mark Andrews went down and that is a season ending injury for him. I can't quite remember what it was exactly, um, but really sad news there because I think he's quite important to the Ravens. Yeah, he we'll, is. They, they, you know, their receiving game can be either full on or, or not, but when what is consistent is Mark Andrews check downs and plays and he always is getting them further progressing across the field, those first down check downs. He's a safe, big man, big option, but he's an older player. He's a big player. These injuries, mm. I think, are going to come quicker and quicker. And then we rolled on to, there was a period here where we had Lamar Jackson go down. We thought the crowd oh. was silenced. Everyone was concerned. Mm-hmm. And then we've all flagged that Joe Burrow wasn't on the field. And he was testing, he could not grip the ball. And uh, that ended up being season over for him as well, Cad. Yeah, look, that was devastating. I kind of, I saw the Lamar thing and I thought, this is exactly mm. what I was talking about. The Ravens always get foiled by injury. Lamar especially hasn't finished the last two seasons. I was getting pretty concerned. And then watching that clip of Joe Burrow, quarterback of the Bengals, on the sideline, and he's trying to throw the ball, and it just looks like his whole arm and everything collapses under him. He couldn't do anything at all, taken out, and then comes back with the beanie on, the sign to everyone that he's not putting a helmet on for the rest of the game and, and now for the rest of the season, homie. Yeah, and it's so that will leave us with the backup now, which we got to see for about half of football, which is, I don't know his first name, but it's go Browning as his last name, because um, that's as much as I know about him. So, <laughs> as I said in the in the lead up, Joe Burrow is all they have since Sydney, and uh, this is a big question mark over their season now. Um, yeah, obviously the score the it rolled out to be thirty four to twenty. We probably didn't really. After this, we weren't really focused on the game too much. Baltimore were obviously on top throughout. Um, but Cad, big warning signs now for Cincy. This is obviously after a staggered start to the season. We had this injury and now we all thought they were going to get going at one moment. It doesn't look like it now. No, I, I personally think it's all over for the for the Bengals. They, with Joe Burrow going out now, it is week 11 and they are 5-5 five and five and the bottom of their their grid with the Ravens, Browns, and Steelers. So, look, maybe Browning comes out and shocks us. Rookies like doing that this season, apparently, but I can't really expect it here from him. Yeah, we're just going to have to watch what they can produce now, obviously. And we've gone past a period where we could go get someone, so it's it's what they've got in the locker room and in the vintage club as well. They might have to go shopping, but it's it's really sad here for the for the Cincinnati, we obviously wanted to keep them going. Obviously, it's not done and dusted, but let's see what they can produce. The Ravens on the other side, good outing, yep. got what they needed to. We've got to check in with those injuries. Um, Lamar, they haven't really said how he pulled up. It's something to check there. And I thought OBJ might had his best game for the Ravens, but climbing he up, was carrying it? something. He was. I did not like what he was at the end there. No one said anything, but I... I got it here right now. He's he shoulder. He was carrying something. This there. is an exclusive. We're going to hear nah, it first. Yeah. Okay. It was me analyzing him. He was like, he was carrying it like he'd broken his, like Achilles. I mean, Achilles, sorry. That's a flavor of the year. Um, he's what is it? A hamstring and ACL. <laughs> Achilles. Yeah, yeah. Or a high ankle sprain. It's a, that's all I'm not used to talking about anything above the the, sh- the shoulders here. So it's, <laughs> it's a, it looked like a shoulder injury, rotor cuff kind of thing. So let's AC joint type area. But let's see if I'm right or I'm just making up stuff now. So 
There uh, goes Ravens are going to stay healthy. They're uh, eight and three now, looking at a decent playoff run. But we move it on. Now, as we said, homie, most of the games easy to pick, but the NFL comes through for us and gives you a little something to keep you guessing, and uh, and frustrated, I guess. And they brought mm. us this in the Giants versus Commanders. Now, Tommy DeVito, the young American Italian rookie quarterback, who told the media his mum still makes his bed for him. I can't believe he did that. <laughs> I, can't believe I cannot believe like every every word about him has that as the follow up line. What an idiot! He, he oh. leads the Giants to a thirty one to nineteen victory over the official team of onside punt, the Washington Commanders. And that is the first thing the commentator said. Wow, he's an out had an outstanding game for the kid whose mum still makes his bed for him. It's just brutal, right? It's ridiculous. Like, you know, I wouldn't tell my small office that at work. Why would you tell the international media and all your fan base? Like, it just doesn't give you any hope in this quarterback. I, I just don't know who, in what world it thinks it's a flex. Like, <laughs> you guys like, jealous? <laughs> yeah. Imagine rolling around the locker room. Hey, boys, say five minutes today. Mum made the bed for me. Yep, yep, <laughs> So well, I did hear some people talking about, you know, because he was bragging as well, his mum makes his meals for him. But, you know, oh. American-Italian mum, I reckon those those meals are excellent, personally. I reckon yeah. he, he, that's, he, that's what uh, he should that's be bragging a flex. about. That's yeah. a flex. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's fine. No problem with that. No one likes coming home and cooking that. after work. That's fair enough. Yeah, I'm happy with that one. <laughs> okay, so we'll get to Tommy's efforts uh, later. But first, we need to talk commanders. The offense, abysmal. Struggled a lot today. Sam Howe slinging an interception for a pick six, six turnovers in total, no touchdowns until the fourth quarter, only in field goals where they're getting in the game. And lastly, homie, funnily enough that this happened, you and I were playing Madden on the weekend and I was playing as the Commanders. I saw Curtis Samuel and I thought, geez, is he still playing? I haven't even thought about it. I haven't even heard of him. And then we just see him get ejected for fighting uh, Coradell Flott, the Giants defensive back in this Mm. game. Just came out of nowhere. It was a bit of a surprise, and it's like it wasn't a real, real like NFL fights aren't really. No, they're not ice hockey fights. Just for your awareness, <laughs> it's a little bit of a slap around the the helmet. But he off he goes ejected. I do like that they get ejected. I just think it's great. Yeah, yeah. When they announce a bit of a WWE element to it for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But the Commanders could not handle the pressure. The Giants actually brought it in this team, this game in terms of pressure rating. Um, and Sam Howell did not look good when the pressure was dialed up. So no. he, he has a, his brain doesn't quite work when the pressure's on and he, he, he looks like he fumbles a little bit. So Yeah, he, he likes to sit in that underdog mentality. And when he's meant to win, mm. he doesn't yeah. like it at all. But I don't think we need to beat up on the, the commanders too hard here because I think Eric Bieniemy, their offensive coach, would have absolutely given it to him this week. And uh, yeah. I, I think that's one of the, you know, few coaches I wouldn't want to be in front of during that meltdown, but has to be noted as, as well. Defense was poor, which led to a dream day for Tommy DeVito. 246 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions. Him and Saquon Barkley. Oh, Barkley, you'd welcome think, back. You'd think oh. wide, wide receiver Saquon Barkley, who mm, had two receiving no, no, no. touchdowns and, uh, yeah, a split of yards between, but mm. an incredible game um, from the both of them. Look, are the Giants one to be worried about in the future? I don't think so, but uh, you got to love these wins when they pop up for a down-and-out team. They've, they've got something to celebrate, so that's exciting. Yeah, and um, I, I am happy about one thing. It was the sack game. It was uh, – so Washington 
had never recorded eight plus sacks in a game and lost. And the Giants had never allowed nine plus sacks in a game and won. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was pretty close. There's literally more sacks in scores, but uh, uh, pretty crazy. That there, is Kate. wild. Pretty crazy. Moving on to the great escape as the Lions, after three intercepts by Darren Goff uh, and trailing by 12 points with four minutes, 15 left on the clock, they've escaped it, Cad. They've oh, got yeah. away with it here. We nearly had them in the in the trade wreck here, but they go on to win against the Bears, 31 to 26. But uh, the Bears were not easy beats today, Cad. Justin Fields returned with a sensational comeback. Uh, for the for the Bears here, he looked good. He looked really good, and I thought this was a. Uh, I thought the Lions were going to be caught up in our little train wreck, as you said. Mm. But and so did the fans. My God, the boos that were raining oh, down that on was, Jared ooh, Goff. I'm not, yeah, I was going to save that one for an offside, but that was not good. Like, what? Why are you booing? You've had your best. This is the best start to a season ever. They said this is the last ever. time that the Lions were eight and two. JFK was president. Of the yeah. states, like, what are you complaining about? Yeah, there is nothing to complain about. The Lions pull that back in, but uh, it was a bit. It was a bit unusual. It, everyone felt in a hurry this week. All our our favourites, they wanted. They felt like they wanted to get in, get out, put the score on the board, and go relax on the bench. But they ended up making making it hard for themselves and had to play a game. So uh, Jared Goff was one of them, but he showed he showed his way. He showed his way in the in the last quarter there, and. Uh, Little shout out to Jameer Gibbs, who's recorded his fourth consecutive rushing TD. Oh, uh, he's Gibbs. going so well, yeah, man. well. But uh, we might give it the game winner here was uh, David Montgomery, uh, the running back, who was an ex Bears player. So mm-hmm. I think he would have uh, enjoyed the flicks. I think that he, he, he was power running. I thought you were going to come in with your, your tagged uh, revenge game voice. Oh, we're going to get it for you. Revenge. <laughs> he got it done. He got it he done. He did. He did. Well done. Well done to the Lions. You know, shouldn't have been this hard of a challenge possibly for a team that's looking to contend in the later end of the playoffs, but the Bears gave it to him. So I think maybe the Bears are someone we actually do need to kind of look at in the next few matchups and see as a bit more of a threat. All right, story time with this one in Seahawks versus Rams. This was an enjoyably tight game with plenty of drama kind of going around uh, right down to the seconds of the clock. Now, Seattle started strong, but Geno went out early with an elbow injury and they were relying on Drew Locke to kind of, you know, we thought finish this game for them. Less than two minutes to go, the Rams lined up at the Seahawks goal line to kick through a field goal, giving them a one-point lead, putting the opportunity in the Seahawks' hands. Then... You know, rising from the dead, Gino comes out in the field. The whole crowd's going nuts because Gino's coming to clean this game up for them. No timeouts. He's partially injured. Minute 31 to get them into field goal range. They get it down the field. Eight seconds left on the clock. 55-yard kick. They set up. They kick the ball. The ball's in the air, and it completely misses, homie. Just a <laughs> rough-as-hell kick, and the Rams get the dub, 17-16. to 16. It actually tricked me. I thought it went through. Yeah, like, I could never it was, call them. <laughs> it, it was it was moving like it was it was all over the shop. That it had drifted late, right, and it was gone. It was he could not hold that one, and it was, yeah, it was a uh, disappointing for the Seahawks here because obviously they worked so hard to get that moment, and then he'd had a good game as well. I think he hasn't missed in 
it was 15 or 17 attempts 15 or something. in a row i think it was yeah something yeah. like that but it's like yeah, it was, a, it was a good game by the Rams, though. They really worked their way back into it. Obviously, Cooper Cup went down early with a ankle injury. Haven't seen the full where that is at, but you sort of thought, oh, this could this could early signs here. Yeah, well, he had that but, hamstring injury uh, in the first four games of the year that he missed yeah. out for. And then last year, he ended his season, I think, in week 10 or 11 with a high ankle sprain that required surgery. You're just hoping that, you know, they keep piecing this this kid back together and man, he can play. Like there's no doubt about the fact that he can play, but can he stay healthy? It's it's a scary prospect for the Rams. But it's sort of a this is this felt like a sliding doors game for me. It's like obviously these two teams could go either way now. It's mm-hmm. like the Rams, I think they've got I think they've got uh Cardinals next week and they could start a upward trajectory off to the playoffs here. Um and I think the Seahawks have a tougher much tougher run home. Yeah, look, the the game, this game knocks Seahawks down from the number one seed in the NFC West, putting the 49ers back on top. The Rams are behind them in the standing. I don't think it's close enough for them to consider. Yes, I think they can go win games, but I think the playoff run is a little out of reach for them. What is important here is, is that the Seahawks need to collect any wins possible if they want a chance at the wildcard slot in their division. So now they've gone down to the Rams. They then come up against the Cowboys, then the 49ers twice, and then the Eagles. And as things could stand, I think you and I would be favoring all the other teams in those matchups, which would lead them to a record of 6-8. and eight. They'd need then to win all three of their last games against Titans, Steelers, and Cardinals to even have a chance at the wildcards, and they'd end up at about 9-8. and eight. Mm. Even if they win one of those stronger team matches and, and, and lose to an easier one, Nine and eight isn't a strong figure to enter the playoffs with. It's entirely possible, but I'm not liking how this looks, especially with Gino potentially injured. I think he has been indicated to play next week, um, but we will uh, we will see. I think it's a short week for the Seahawks. Yeah, they're going to short turnaround too. That's a. It's more the immediate impact. They got San Fran next Friday, our Friday, the twenty fourth. Mm. Like and um. I th- Kenneth, the other one was uh, Kenneth Walker the third has a side strain out of this game, so uh, that could could be a bit banged up for the Seahawks here. So they might it would not be it's not a good time to meet um, San Fran. No, not at all. Not when they're back and rolling. But uh, I don't know. It's kind of like everything looks possible, homie. It's the NFL. Anything's possible. You everything. Can... Look at this week of results. Anything is possible. <laughs> anything. homie it's time for the roundup for the rest of the games that we haven't yet covered what are you going to kick us off with i'm taking us uh dolphins versus raiders we thought the disruptors might you know they might turn up and cause a little bit of havoc but they stayed in this game a long time the raiders uh obviously the end score ended up being 20 to 13 in favor of the dolphins but the raiders gave themselves every chance to win this game in a messy and ugly at times Fumbles, intercepts, lack of points would normally spell disaster for the Dolphins, but uh, up steps two players for them. We've got Tyreek Hill as normal. The oh, pace man. just lit up. Jeez. He just lit up the Raiders. That, that, oh. that slant, I think, where he just puts the jets on and just motors away. It, you really see yeah. the speed there. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and then uh, with the game still on the line and in a, in a late 
Hail Mary by Aiden O'Connell, deep into the deep into the end zone. Uh, Jalen Ramsey steps up. Mm. He's back. He is up and about. Beautiful intercept. It's his second in two weeks, I think it is. He is an incredible player, and he looks really good for the, in the Dolphins jersey. Yeah. yeah. Did you see that one point that he got hit pretty hard? And he laid on nah. the field. He laid on the field for like 10, 20 seconds, just a bit too long to make everyone uncomfortable. And I started thinking, yeah. oh, he's gone straight down again. But no, he's okay. Don't worry. Don't yeah, worry. he's fine. He's fine. He, 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 did, he laid down after he took the intercept as well. I think he just likes to have a rest. <laughs> I used to do that in my own football career. Just <laughs> have a little lay down. No problem with that. No problem with that. No, get, yeah. no getting back on defense for homie. <laughs> yeah, but this, this game, it was... Again, like I said, teams are in a hurry, and Tua was one as well. Him and he was uh, he was uncharacteristics in the first half. It looked like they just wanted to get it done, but the, you can't do that against the Raiders now. Oh, no. uh, under the under the new coach, they get they get a new flavor, and we've we've tagged him as the disruptors this season, and they're trying to do that. They stayed in this game a lot longer than I was expecting, and they they look all right, but you yeah. cannot. You I cannot I, compete against the pace. I had Oof. a lot of hope for them actually in this one. I thought there was a point where they could turn it, and mm. I think unfortunately they've got a rookie Aiden O'Connell at QB, as you said. There are those rookie errors. He's just going to throw out there, like big yeah. interceptions and missed passes, and that's a shame. But you know he's only played a handful of games. He's still learning. Pretty exciting to see what the coach has still done with this team. So I don't know, keep an eye on them. They're not. They're not uh, going to go easy. These Raiders. One little injury news out of this one, uh, Devin A. Chang. We didn't really see him come back, but he's gone again. He's so, gone, yep. Yep. A knee injury here. Not sure. We'll have to give you the idea of where he's at in the preview. All right. Now, I don't know if this was just me, homie, but uh, Vikings versus Broncos. This felt like the slowest game I watched all week. Maybe it's because I watched Red Zone in the morning and then I watched a full mm. game in the afternoon, but it was just grinding for me until that fourth quarter. Now, the Vikings took on the Broncos at home at mile high and lost. So now the Broncos are on a four-win streak out of nowhere, homie. And, you know, I'm paying attention now. We talked about it last week. I really wasn't paying mm. attention to the Broncos. And I'm actually kind of disappointed. I, I really wanted to see the best thing. I used to love Russ at the Seahawks. Um, but, you know... They played kind of average, and so did the Vikings. Similar to what we saw from them in the early season, but you know they didn't give up the Broncos. The defense played well. They incessantly blitzed Dobbs, uh, forcing him out of the pocket under pressure. Yes, that's where Dobbs does some of his best work. He likes to turn it on the Jets, and he did win in those occasions. But getting down to the last few plays, because this was actually a tight one, the Broncos were giving one last chance on offense and they got it with a leaping touchdown reception by Cortland Sutton uh, with mm. the Vikings having one chance to reply. And that defense from the Broncos attacked, 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 and, ha- and attacked Dobbs. It was brutal. They had five to eight rushing at him. Uh, the Vikings defensive line couldn't hold and then they couldn't win the game. Broncos is what I want to talk about here, homie, though. They're now five and five. They've beaten teams that suck that are average, and that are excellent. Now they're going into versus the Browns, the Texans, the Chargers in the next three weeks, and I have no idea what to think about them <laughs> after watching that game. Did you have any insight for us, anything that you saw you thought was great about what they did? Well, they're keeping teams under 20, or on 20, under 20, and that's that's what they're doing well and consistent over these last four games. 
So it's it's built on defense. Um, if you go up against a team that can break that down and score, I think they're in a bit of trouble. But they're consistently now defending teams, which gives them an opportunity. Russell Wilson is is I don't know if he's building or if you consider it building, but he's having better games mm. with better output, and they're having they're getting better scoring now as well. So you look at those two elements and they're going to kind of meeting in the middle. So if you're a team that cannot produce like big scores, yeah, you could be in trouble against the Broncos now. Yeah, I think uh, the home field advantage just seems to give them that little extra edge and little extra confidence. And I wouldn't mind seeing them on the road a little bit. I'm not sure what their stretch home is like, but we've definitely, you cannot... You cannot look at a game with the Broncos now and say they're easy beats. Mm. Looking back on them getting pumped seventy to twenty, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I guess they still only gave up twenty, didn't they? Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. Like so. you and I were talking when we saw this and the oxygen masks on the field, and you're thinking, surely not, surely not, surely not. But um, I was for, on the for the Vikings. Getting back to the Vikings, I thought this showed the lack of. Um, time Dobbs has had with the with the Vikings yeah obviously that they had that last run which you said the Broncos blitzed them but I feel if they'd had more time together he would have been able to do that two minute drive a lot better yeah Um, I think I think the offensive line let them down a lot there they were also like to be fair they're also exhausted because they're just getting blitzed again and again and again and they weren't they were already on the back foot but any team with protection there is going to have a bit more time to get those last-minute offices. The, the the Vikings could have won this, for sure. They were definitely in yep. it. Um, but I still can't really measure up these Broncos, so I'm keen to see. Moving on to Jaguars 34 versus Titans 14. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you the one thing, Kate. Do not line up against an embarrassed Jags team. It <laughs> <laughs> was good. Trevor Lawrence played with a level of aggression I had not seen this season. Uh, Sunday was Lawrence's third game with four total touchdowns. So two of such against the Tennessee Titans. So maybe maybe he likes to maybe he likes to play against the I other think Titans he does here. like to roll the Titans yeah. here. Yes. Yeah, but they were they were super aggressive, super super disciplined. And they sort of just really went after this win. And I thought, you know, good on you, Jags. Like they did what they were supposed to, not like other teams this week. They they showed us, you know, you have a disappointment of last week, but you turn up and you put it to them and they did it really well. So This is what we ask for every time when someone goes get a bad beat and they've got an easy team or an easier team next week. It's like, just do it confidently. Just show us that it's like not even a problem for you. Yeah, and, and the defense and was, <laughs> Yeah, and their defense was good too. They they were they were making a mess of the the Titans. So my eyes roll to all my. Uh, I'm not going to talk too much about Titans because we'll leave that for the preview show. They're not going real good, but uh, all eyes now move to Jags versus Texans. So, Cad, mm-hmm. how did the Texans go this week? Well, the Texans versus the Cardinals. They managed to hold off a big comeback attempt from the Cardinals this week, uh, 21 to 16. The Cardinals came out swinging, I think. That like Kyler Murray. Had that magic 48-yard touchdown pass that we were so used to seeing in his early career. That set high expectations early in the game. But the Texans, they answered quickly. And uh, before the cards, added a field goal. Got a touchdown on top of that. From there, Texans just proceeded to pile on touchdowns in the second quarter. Putting the pressure on Arizona to make it work. Unfortunately, couldn't make it happen today. But CJ Stroud, homie, just continues to be dominant. Putting top-of-the-ladder stats on. 
But he did throw three intercepts. And uh, mm. everyone was a bit cautious about that. And he got questioned because instantly, you know, you're not a rookie anymore, uh, CJ. You're a, you're a hero now. You're, you're meant to be the best, one of the best QB in the league. So how dare you throw interceptions? But, you know, he said, Steph Curry's not going to stop shooting. I'm not going to start throwing it. <laughs> oh, good boy. Yeah, you're good like, a, yeah, come in, get yeah. the swag under you, CJ. He's going to be a rock star about him now. He is, yeah, I he is, He's up and about. Oh. Look, I, I think... Texans played like the Texans besides those intercepts. I think CJ played great. I think it's a really tough matchup, as you led to with the, the Jags versus Texans. Um, Cardinals, though, they seem better with Kyler Murray under center. I will say that. Um, but they've got nothing to lose or win, really, here for the rest of the season. I guess they're trying to develop, see what they're missing. Um, they're going into the draft currently as the number two pick. So we'll see what they're doing. But get excited for Texans Jags. Oh, that's making me. Mm. I'm getting goosebumps. Oh, yeah. I'm keen as for that one. Yeah, it's real good. But before we get there, I'll move on to the Panthers versus the Cowboys. Now, scoreline ten to thirty-three doesn't really represent that the the Panthers were in this game a lot longer than we I thought. Yeah, they actually they they had some moments, but the amount of penalties and fumbles and turnovers, it, it will always add up on the Panthers and the Cowboys did what they're supposed to. And they, they just roll on the Cowboys at the moment. They might be flying under the radar now because we don't get those highlight matchups for the rest of the season, but I'm going to, there's two players that aren't going under the radar and that's Darren Bland's mm. amazing seasons continue. Oh yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, what was it? His fourth pick six of the season, yep. which ties this is the NFL record. Ties the NFL record. Yep. So apparently yeah. he's going for the record for the pick sixes. He's going to go break yeah. it. Yeah, and this is this is off the back of like Trayvon Diggs going out for the season. We thought, nah, that's it for. And then where does he come from? Like, <laughs> what an what an uncovering. Like, it, it's a, it's the NFL thing though, I guess. Like you know, there's someone just blocking the potential of someone else yeah. because they're named pretty good, and then. Soon as that opportunity comes, the sliding doors yeah. open. He takes it, and like, how amazing is that? Your special teams is getting you four touchdowns, like consistently. Yeah, yeah. It, too bad yeah. it's against teams like the Panthers. Like, you need that later. You need the maybe save your last pick six for the playoffs. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And then you add in Michael Parsons, who's just pressure rating is off the chain at the moment he's i think there was a status saying that like takes him 2.5 seconds or something to get to the quarterback or something ridiculous like he's just like he's out of control that's um, that's a, so, like a f1 pit stop yeah yeah and it's a good one <laughs> good one yeah <laughs> that usually take longer than yeah that. yeah yeah um and it's just like i just wanted to highlight those two players uh the cowboys like i said they'll probably slide under the radar with them who they're playing against for the rest of the season but they are still working on some things and looking very dangerous as we head towards the playoffs all right homie moving on to the packers and charges any thoughts on this game I got the hat on, but I'm not happy. So, <laughs> should we just play the clip? Do it. All right. This is Brandon Staley speaking to the media at the post-game press conference in response to his role in the defensive play calling, courtesy of the LA Chargers. I have full confidence, like I t- I've told you, and like I've told you from the beginning, I have full confidence in our way of playing. Full confidence in myself as the play caller 
and the way that we teach and the way that we scheme, full confidence in that. We got to bring this group together and do it consistently, okay? And that's where it's at. So you can stop asking that question, okay? I'm going to be calling the defenses, okay? So we're clear. So you don't have to ask that again. <laughs> he's, uh, he's not a happy boy. I think it's safe to say that Brandon Staley is feeling the pressure, homie. I um, think they might have hit a hit a pressure point there. Yeah, a little bit uh, of a soft spot for, uh, for old yeah, Brandon. Yeah, the wound is open and is it put salt in it. Uh, that's, that's great. Uh, I, I, feel, I feel bad for him in a way, just for any human being that's just getting berated. But I guess this is the sport you're in. But he's been facing this question about the poor defense of the Chargers for over a year now. He's clearly fed up with it. But what do you expect as a head coach and the defensive play caller who has not given any reason besides I take full responsibility and I'm completely mm. confident in it? And uh, the team hasn't improved to play consistently. We've seen flashes, I guess, on both sides of the ball. He does go on to say, I mean, you know, we didn't lose this game because of our defense. We lost this game because of our offense. But I'd hazard to say that Everything sucked, honestly. It was a very poor game. The Chargers went down to the Packers 23-20. to 20. It's just a third-blown fourth-quarter lead. You you can't say that it's offensive-based. Like it's yeah. like it, it, you had the lead. You can take the win, right? You yeah. Know? And uh, it's like they gave up that ball deep, uh, which I must say Love played really well. Yeah, uh, yeah for sure. But yeah, threw for over 300 yards. First time for a Packer since 2021. Yeah. Ten different receivers got at least one reception spreading that ball around. So like, great game by yeah, the Green Bay. But that also tells you that we're not doing a lot on the other side, right? Yeah, because Green Bay is... haven't had a, a great offensive effort. If they're able to score yeah. a record performance against our defense, you know, it's pretty clear there. Mm, we are becoming a stats booster for your offense, and that is not a great thing. Like uh, that was supposed to be left to the Cardinals, and now we're swapping. So this is not good. This is not. Don't good. bring those comparisons <laughs> in this booth. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening out there. Oh, uh, well, look, they, they struggled in the end zone. Their receivers couldn't hold on to catches. There was a key drop, and I think my submission for a rookie error this week, uh, where Quinton Johnson could have put them in a position to win in the final minutes. Even if they did get the W, sure the narrative slightly changes, but it still highlights the same issues that the Chargers can't go toe to toe just now. And uh, I'm not worried about Green Bay coming out. Maybe they, maybe they are. Maybe they're in a turning point. They played with Jordan for a bit, but I think uh, it's just a, a poor, poor showing from the Chargers here. Nothing else to add. No, I'll leave it to the coach. <laughs> All right, moving on to a game that. Did what it was supposed to do. Uh, we had the 49ers versus the Buccaneers. 49ers, uh, 27 to 14 winners here. Bucks put up good showing. Like they did, it, this was really like what you're expecting. It was like, you know, high volume of passing, a lot of completions, but the 49ers were just better. And um, Brock Purdy, he had a perfect game. So, yeah. Can yeah. you explain and, to us what, what is a perfect game in the NFL? Uh, no, but yeah, me, I will I give you what the, I'll give you what they believe a perfect game is. Uh, so he completed twenty one of twenty five passes for 330, 333 yards uh, with three touchdowns. He did not have any intercepts, so that led to a passer rating of one five eight point three. So that's the highest achievable mark you can get in the NFL. There so that go. makes it a perfect game. 
So it wasn't that it was like perfect in terms of all stat fields. It's just yep. that he got the highest possible rating you can get as a QB. So and, and, and this comes just four weeks after they're thinking he's terrible. Get rid of him. Mm. He's why they're losing three games. Yep. Okay. Righto. <laughs> How good does Righto. the buy? How does good does the buy look for the 49ers now? It's oh, just so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. New and old. New and old. But they are they are charging along. But uh there was a bit of a sad news out of this game though, Kat. Yeah, safety Talanoa Hufunga is out for the season after suffering a torn ACL. And I don't know if you remember Hufunga from last season or seen him this season. This guy uh, puts on intercepts, disruptions. Mm. He's a menace in the backfield and I think a big part of their defense. Yes, it's the 49ers. They still have more uh, talent and X factors than any other team in the defense and the offense. But I do think that is a, a big loss when it comes toe-to-toe when you're versing the Eagles. And you're trying to get through into the NFC playoffs. All right. Over to the Bills, who had the blowout game that they wanted, finally smacking the Jets 32-6, to breaking their losing streak. Now, the Jets, I think, homie, just simply did not show up for this game. And the Bills' offense and defense took full advantage. This is a morale boost for the Bills. They need it. It was because uh, it's, it's looking pretty bleak going forward. Uh, yeah. They are looking down the barrel of a matchup with the Eagles, a bye week, and then the Chiefs. So, yes, it was great to see the Bills play dominantly, uh, but I don't think they had much of an opposition this game. I guess sadder news is on the Jets, though. Is it sad news? I'm a little disappointed by it, but like it's kind of like... When you start the game sense. by tripping by tripping over nothing <laughs> on the ground, like, <laughs> oh, and then you, you also get your... Your coach tackles you at one point during the game because you've caught over the sideline. Uh, yeah, we're talking. We're talking about Wilson here. Exactly, uh, he Wilson, is, quarterback for the Jets. Yeah, yeah. He is. Um, he was replaced in the third quarter by Tim Boyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, so is that um, is that Susan Boyle's son? Have we got have we got Danny DeVito's son and uh, Susan Boyle's son now playing in the NFL? Or he may as well be because I don't know that. No, I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> we are so deep into these quarterbacks now that we are, uh, these are players that we did not see that were even listed I back just, in the day. They're not even like worth considering at the start of the season. I, I think we forget at the start of the season we have all this hope that, you know, of course they'll stay healthy the whole season. Why would mm. anything happen or why would they suck? But yes, the Jets are onto their third QB and Tim Boyle has now been listed as the starter against the Dolphins, which. I don't know if that's we're going to get flogged anyway. Let's just put Tim on and get him some uh, experience. Or have they just given up on Zach completely? He's had his time. Let's just put Tim out until Aaron. I get, I get the feeling. Back. I get the feeling the coach just wants to rest from Wilson. Like he <laughs> just like it must be tiring. Like I'm sure I'm, he's I'm like surprised Brandon he has Staley it. At the yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't <laughs> a spat. Like he's like ah oh, stuff, and I'll just get in front of this, and we'll put him on the bench, and I can have a rest. Like, <laughs> it you is. can stop asking it, me that question. <laughs> I think they did score a touchdown. Uh, I think I can't quite remember now because it's just it's a shambles when you're watching the Jets. Well, it's thirty-two it blew- to six. So if they did, they mustn't have finished the field goal. Uh, let's say they did, but they have not scored one in. 10 weeks or something. I'm just making stuff up now, but because the, Je- <laughs> the Jets are just a scramble. It's really hard to watch them. It's like you get so caught up in other little storylines within the Jets game that you kind of forget what's happening on the field. It's just chaos. I, it, they're a team like 
little revenge game here from the Bills as well. They smacked them for the first game of the season, right? Like yeah. they, yeah. they were enjoying this. Uh, I think one of the big boys even faked her. He was laying down on the ground for a little while, just faking it, and then he just got up and was like trolling them in the middle of the field. I guess that's the only way you can get away taunting now. Uh, <laughs> well, <laughs> you're right. They, they did yeah. score a touchdown and then they went for a two-point attempt, but uh, Zach Wilson missed the pass. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Crazy. It says it all there, Crazy. doesn't it? <laughs> Crazy. I guess we can only look ahead for the Bills now, uh, see what they can produce for the rest of this season. Um, good for them to have a good win, finally. Yeah, so, they need it. Yeah, but uh, let's move on to, which could have easily sat in the headline games for the week, Kat. Mm, I, was, score, uh, I was tempted by this one. Yeah, the scoreline was too dog, though. It was, mm, <laughs> it, was it was a little we weak. Are, we are talking about Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cleveland Browns, God, they struggled for this win, but they got it 13-10, to 10, a very close matchup here in the AFC North. And it's weird now because, you know, the Bengals, I think we hope to be talking about them more in the contention of the AFC North, but now it's just Bengals, Steelers and, and Ravens. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 such an interesting division. This one, it's just like we've got so many factors. Like the Steelers do not deserve to have a winning record. It is they are. I was I was about to text you. Uh, obviously, it was halftime, ten nil for the Browns versus Steelers, and I was just going to write. There's no way Pittsburgh can score. Like they have got nothing. And then oh oh wait a minute. Jalen Warren just runs, runs 74 yards for a running touchdown. And yeah. I'm like, okay, that's how you go to score. It's like, oh. Some fluky offshoot that wasn't covered. This was exactly what we thought this game was going to be. Defense versus defense. You can see mm. that in the scoreline. It was hard for anything to get going. And that's, I guess, you know, we always talk about the offense. The big games are high scoring. That's what we love. But I guess if you're looking for a defensive showdown and you want to see the talent on the field, then watch this game. Because they just crushed all over each other. But it's just so... But the reason we talk about them in context of the offense is because how long can the Browns' defense stay on the field for? Like, And the same for the... Actually, same for the Steelers equally. Like, they're three and out every time, it seems. It's like, give your defense a level of... Could you imagine these two defenses if they got a break? Oh, like, yeah, if they actually... Uh, yeah, well, yeah, like, yeah. they are unbelievable. Um, yeah. And, and, and the, in I, the meantime... Kenny Pickett and Doreen Thompson-Robinson, both quarterbacks are just having a crazy day, just sitting on the bench the whole damn day. Well, uh, Dorian Thompson-Robinson, he, DTR, he stepped up in the, his moment, though. He, uh, surprising to all of us, I think he took them on a drive that gave them the chance to kick the winning field goal, which was quite impressive by the young man who put him, uh, got him into tears on the, on the sideline. Yeah. Very exciting moment for him. I think a, a huge game, and we're always excited to see that. For a young player and to get this win, you know, seven and three now the Browns are. And with their offense and what they've been up and down and up and down, quarterbacks on, quarterbacks off. Again, you wouldn't think these guys deserve to be seven and three. But this defense, it, it's so strong that it's keeping them in these games and they've got enough to turn it around. It's, it's really yeah. interesting going into it. Eight punts from the Browns, nine punts from the Steelers. The defense yeah, had the control of this game for sure. And, uh, yeah. Look, I'll have to look to the future to see uh, what the potential is, but I think yeah, the Steelers' offensive issues, I think, are just so apparent. It's not, not even against the Browns. It's against any team. We're still struggling there. I want to see more out of this team, but I don't know if it's coming this year. 
yeah, it's it's a hard one to gauge, but we're ready to watch. Oh, we're yeah. to watch we're this ready show. to watch. We're ready to watch this show. Can two teams get in on the back of defense only? I think possible. I think possible. All right, and just to remind you for the buys this week, the Falcons, Colts, Patriots, and Saints were missing from this one. We'll see them again next week. And today, homie, I guess as we're recording and releasing on a Tuesday, we've got one of the biggest games coming up. We've already previewed it. We're already excited. But I want to talk after this break about Chiefs versus Eagles. All right, we've got a big one, the Super Bowl rematch and everything. And we've talked about this in the preview last week, homie, but I want to see how your thoughts have changed on this one because it is really 50-50 on how you want to think who's going to win this one. I've seen a lot of uh, trash talk from either side. You know, the uh, the Eagles just released their Christmas album, a very, a very Philly Christmas, I think it is, and they did a song with uh, Patti LaBelle. And she's, uh, she's a musician who's come out and uh, attacked Taylor Swift and said, don't show up to this game because you're going to lose. So it's, getting, it's getting a little nasty Ooh, out there, which I enjoy. Spicy. Yeah. Ooh, that is a spicy. That is, that's very spicy. I, um, it's such a hard one. I, I think I'm still with the, I just want it to be a good game. Like, mm. And I know that's a bit sitting on the fence. Get off but the feds. Get off the I'll, fence. I could get off the fence. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a big boy. I'll fall one way or the other. <laughs> 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 um, but it's just, I just, I really do want the Eagles to win in case they meet in the Super Bowl. I just want them to be one, one each, yeah. like in their most recent games. Mm-hmm. But I, I know they're even on um, the Kelsey brothers. They're talking about it's like it's not a Super Bowl rematch. But no, no, the fans, yeah, we decide yeah. that. We established we the narrative. Have, yeah, yeah, yeah. We haven't forgotten what happened. Like we want it. We want to see. We want to see you put it to them. You've you've got energy there. If you're putting stuff in your Christmas song, you, you you're up and about, right? Yeah. You know. Um, I just am trying to find anything to put one in front of the other, but I really don't know, Cat. It's, I think it's just going to be a blockbuster and give me that one score game. Yeah, that's that's what we want. One hundred percent, that's what we want. I I'm, I'm struggling right now to kind of split between them. Um, I've. Looking at the Chiefs, I was kind of thinking, okay, it's, I think it's all Travis Kelsey. And it might just be a very narrow-minded way. I think Chiefs' defense is great. I think mm. Eagles' defense is pretty damn good too. But Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes, when they are on a heater, it is unstoppable almost to yeah. shut down Travis Kelsey. A lot of teams have tried and failed to do so, uh, except for the Broncos somehow, <laughs> just to keep <laughs> that in mind. But the Eagles as well, they just to me seem way more balanced as a team got a great o-line they've got their secret play their special play that they can do i wouldn't be surprised if andy Reid and the chiefs can pull out something that is rivals it but you know that fourth down for the eagles is just first in 10 it's almost yep. a guarantee for them to get through their receivers have been great this year they are pretty pretty good on injuries they're consistent they've won a lot of games i don't know how much they've been challenged like this uh this season like obviously they've got cowboys they've come up against but was a pretty weak showing, but I think I'm leaning Eagles. But I, you just can't discount the Chiefs. You just can't do it. I just think I just think the Chiefs' defense has been the best this year. I know we talk about a lot of the others, but mm. we're not really giving them the kudos they deserve. I think I think it's because they're the Chiefs, right? We don't think to yeah. know. 
yeah, we yeah, sort of just sit them. We sit them when we analyze. We sit them over there by themselves. So mm-hmm. just like Chiefs, they're, they're like Chiefs. Chiefs they prove themselves. Know? We don't, You already know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we know that. But it's like they're trying to create a dynasty here or dynasty. I don't, I don't know how we nice. Australia. Let's say it. yeah. But it's like their defense. It could be the best defense right now, but we're not really putting them on those. We don't put them in that conversation because no. it's the Chiefs. Because they're and up it's the just top uh, and, yeah, yeah, they're untouchable. Uh, yeah. And I'm waiting. I think they want their moment. And I think this game could be decided by a Chiefs defensive moment. Like that's what, that's where I'm, that's why I've sat with the Chiefs because I just think that's where I put the balance with. Mm. I put the balance with the Chiefs defense. And I really want to, I really want to see it tested. And this is the, the best test we can get, right? Yeah, for sure. And, and so who are you leaning this, this point? I'm still, I'm still uncomfortably with the Chiefs. Nice. No. Yeah, oh, I like this. I think, I think it's what we all want. And I know in our tipping comp, I think it's going to be split down the middle. There might be some Chiefs favorites, but you know, maybe some people slipping for an underdog with the Eagles. I'm surprised to see the odds so separate here, but uh, maybe you know, the odds makers know something we don't. Don't trust those bank counters in. In, in Vegas, Vegas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, don't trust them. Don't trust them. But Ami, this Friday we've got a little special treat for all NFL fans. We've got three games. Three? <laughs> yes, three. <laughs> <laughs> I got the timeline confused. Yeah. I was like, wait, don't we also have a Saturday game? We also have a Saturday game. So yeah, this week is yeah. a, a little different for us. We've uh, got Thanksgiving over in the States, and so we will have a handful of games on Friday and then a game on Saturday at 7 a.m. and then our general spread of Monday games, which is very it's exciting. Gonna good. It's going to be good. No, I mean, we've got a big game today mm-hmm. and got some early, early games. Should we split up our preview episodes? Maybe yeah. go a little early. Yeah, I think we might spring a little early on these ones because I think t- tonight... Let's do a nice special one. You'll get a bonus episode this week, recapping Chiefs and Eagles, and we'll preview the first four games coming in for week 12. Then we'll follow on with our general preview of the rest of the squad. Cheeky bonus app. That's what I'm thankful for this year. Let's go for it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Onside Punt. Remember, whether you're a diehard fan or just getting started on your NFL journey, we've got you covered. Remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Instagram at Onside Punt. Okay, thanks very much, mate. Thank you, buddy. We'll uh, talk to you soon. Yeah, I'm just going to go have another coffee with Andy Reid. So I'll be, I'll be back. <laughs> Loves his flat whites. <laughs> yeah.